hello. I am Stella. We are recording LX2 Codependency Coaching. You can find us live at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC on Instagram. Uh, and I want to just jump in and kind of get started. I was running a little bit late this morning, although my drive-in was really nice. Yesterday there was snow and it was freezing. Um, it didn't snow in Albuquerque. It was like rainy and a little sleety and I went for my run anyway was soaked to the bone, but I did a good 35 minutes and that was good. Um, did not take the little, uh, my new dog's name is Ignacio, but we call him little boy cause he's tiny. Um, I did not take him with me. And so I went for a, a walk with him last night and that was nice. Um, I had some interesting insights this week and, um, as I usually do, I turn that into a podcast and talk about things. Um, my feet up because that's what, how I like to sit generally with my feet up. Um, so I, I had some insights this weekend, this week, and there are a couple different things that were brought to mind. Um, and then I had an experience on Wednesday and that kind of solidified what we we're going to talk about today. But um, it was, so there's this new trend on you know all the social medias where people are walking and they say, I'm a blah, blah, blah. And then they give all these things. Um, and so a woman who I think is a therapist or a coach said, uh, I was raised by emotionally unavailable parents. And so I do these things. And so she went on and talked about all these behaviors. And, um, I thought that was really interesting because one, she was spot on. And two, it was interesting to think about how we are raised and then how it affects our behavior. Now, uh, for most of you who don't know, <laughs> because not very many people do, when I started my education, I thought it would be really interesting to work on child development, um, early childhood development. Uh, at the time, I was a young mom. Uh, I had my daughter when I was 20. And so I was working in childcare um, as a child development specialist. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was working in daycares um, because that's the best way to get daycare for your kid. Um, and I really struggled with it because... Um, other people's kids. And, um, it wasn't the kids necessarily, though I have said, I don't like children necessarily. Um, but it was, it was parents. <laughs> it was the adults. Um, and so in my practice, I don't work with anybody younger than 14. Generally. Um, I have taken two exceptions in 10 years. Uh, one was 13 and one was going to be 13 water. Mm. And so it's, it's the adults, right, that I struggle with. Um, and certainly in my work, uh, I work with adults. I work with uh, teenagers. Um, and I love working with adolescents. They are almost probably my favorite uh, population to work with. Um, I also have worked with educators, which I find really awesome because I have a lot of respect for what they do. Uh, and my mom was an educator for a while. Uh, she worked in special ed. And so anyway, all of these things I say to say this, um, parenting is probably the most important and most mishandled job, uh, that a lot of people do because we don't know how to do it. We only know how to do it from our, um, our parents. Right. And I find it very curious because when I first started working, um, you know, I, I am not, um, 
the traditional therapist who's like, you know, tell me about your mother first thing out of the first rattle out of the box, um, because it's not always about your mother and it's not always about your dad. Uh, but we do get there eventually. And so I would say that often, like when, you know, I, I have talked to clients, um, you know, it's not the first thing we talk about is uh, how they were raised. However, how you are raised definitely influences a lot of things in terms of your behavior and how you feel about yourself. Um, and so that was kind of the first little nugget that happened this week. Um, and then I had some really great uh, client interactions. And um, I find it very curious when people in general, especially from this perspective of detachment, um, have ideas obviously. And I've talked about it before in, in the myth of family that we have these ideas of how parents are supposed to behave based on a societal, you know, perspective, um, TV, culture, like all these things. And parents don't always behave that way. And so uh, I find it curious that we hold on to these ideals for a long time. And so when I, when I talk with clients, especially when they're working on detaching from those ideals or detaching from the expected outcome uh, as they go into these familial situations over and over and over, hoping, fingers crossed, that like they'll have a different experience, um, as we work on detachment, as we work on shifting the perspective, really recognizing that, yes, they are your parents, have the title, but they are also human beings. And I talked last week about that client who, you know, being their authentic selves and like, you know, do your kids know you? And she said no. Um, and, we, and then we talked about how it would be advantageous to um, kind of talk to your kids about who you are and the experiences that you've had. Because oftentimes when we are parenting, we are parenting from a fear perspective. And I've talked about fear um you know, lack or scarcity versus abundance. Oftentimes parents are wanting to prevent um, heartache or unfortunate circumstances or, you know, really hard lessons for their kids. Um, and so we don't tell them who we are because there's this fear that we're condoning behavior somehow, uh, which is not true, but that's how it feels, right? So I was, I, that idea of being your authentic self is truly being honest. Um, and, and so oftentimes a parent, I'm not a parenting specialist, um, but it, it comes up because, you know, humans are humans and they come in with whatever's going on with them. Um, and so they ask questions of like, when is it developmentally appropriate to talk about blah, blah, blah thing, whatever it is. And it's usually like, you know, sex or drugs or whatever. Um, and I often say like, be honest and answer direct questions. Uh, oftentimes parents feel like we need to lecture, uh, and that's our instructional, like, uh, MO, modus operandi. Um, we just have to lecture them and tell them the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, kids only listen to like maybe the first five minutes of what you say. Uh, and then they, they either will get distracted or they can turn you off. Um, and certainly, you know, with teenagers, um, I, <laughs> I, I myself have often like, I, I will just turn it off. I've learned, I had learned certainly in my family of origin that um, if you don't front load the first 15 minutes of information, I will turn it off. And especially if you're repeating yourself and lecturing me, 
I'll turn it off. I just, I won't. I don't like lectures. I don't like to be lectured to. That's not even how I learn. Um, and so parents will often, again, from fear, try to instill information or teach lessons from that place rather than from experience. And we are often parenting from this place of fear. We are parenting um, because we want to keep our kids safe, obviously. Um, but we're doing it in a way that is not always helpful to the child. Um, and like I said, I'm not a parenting specialist, but it does come up. And because I did study child development, early child development for a long time, these are things that I know. Um, I did take a really cool class. And often when parents are asking like how to work with kids who, you know, have behavioral challenges or big emotions or uh, are struggling with, you know, whatever thing, I encourage them to look up the nurtured heart approach, which is a is an evidence-based um, parenting theory that is really helpful. Um, and it, it, it helps to regulate you while you're helping to teach your child how to regulate themselves. Um, oftentimes I think parenting looks as though we are trying to regulate our children. Um, obviously, we want to instill information, we want to teach them things, uh, but we cannot regulate their emotions just because, we, and we can't regulate our own, but we can teach them how to regulate their own feelings. When I am teaching um, parents how to understand or manage themselves, we often talk about how to do that with um, with teaching our kids. And so it's, it's curious to me and interesting as I work with adults and certainly teenagers, um, understanding how they are parented and then also what lessons they learned from that parenting. Uh, so as I mentioned, I did work with educators um, and I had this one really awesome educator who worked in elementary ed and she said to me, parents love their kids the best they can. And I just sat with that for a long time. And now I say it often um, when I'm talking to clients because they do love your, you know, parents love their kids the best they can um, to the best of their ability, but it's not necessarily the, the best practice. <laughs> um, it, it happens because often they did not have the best model and, um, so then I met with a couple clients and again, we go into situations hoping, fingers crossed, that um, our parents or the adults, the titled humans, um, will behave differently or better. Coffee. And when we do that, we create that expectation. And so we've talked about holding onto the expectation or having um, an attachment to the desired outcome. And often we are disappointed. So when we work with, or we, we, me and, me and the clients, um, when we work with adjusting our expectations, part of it is seeing the parent as a human being rather than the titled human. And so um, I will be referring to the myth of family. There is a podcast episode that I did last year about this time called the myth of family. And there is a chapter in my book called the myth of family. Because what it is, is being able to have a level of understanding or acceptance for the, um, the adults that we have had in our lives uh, who are just human beings, even though they have a title. 
oftentimes when we attach to the title, it comes with, as mentioned, the societal expectation of what that's supposed to look like. I can tell you as a mom at 20, I had no honking clue what I was doing. Uh, and even though I had a relatively good mom, um, didn't know what I was doing. And so, especially as young parents, we are often growing up alongside our children. Um, and I've talked about the fact that I had really high expectations for my daughter. Um, and that was based in my own fear of being a young mom and wanting to um, have her not be identified as the product of a single mom uh, or young mom, whatever that was. Uh, and so I was pretty hard on her. I, I <laughs> When my ex-husband met me, she was four and we were doing flashcards so she could learn to read before she went to school. Uh, and that was 100% that was on me. I uh, gave her a lot of chores. She had a lot of responsibility, which is difficult when it's just like one human in a small house. Like, um, obviously, she didn't have all of the responsibilities. She just had a lot of it. So I had this interaction with a client and, uh, you know, they were frustrated or disappointed by uh, their parent. And uh, she said, all I want them to do is just see me. And I said, I get that, right? Like, I mean, I find it interesting that it's um, it's a really simple ask, right, to make time. Um, this human is an adult and um, just make time, just see me um, and just be accepting of who I am. So with codependency, we talk about acceptance, validation and love. And generally, the people that we want to get acceptance, validation and love from originally are our parents. Right. And so as we go into adulthood, that is often what we want. We just want to be seen. We just want to be validated. Um, and, and certainly, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s, I don't need you to teach me lessons. I need you to just see me. So I said to the client, well, I mean, here, here's the truth. I trust you as the adult that you are. I recognize that you are doing the best you can with the tools that you have. And uh, what I also recognize is you did a lot of raising of yourself so I recognize that you will figure it out. And that was pretty impactful for them. Um, they've been my client for a while and I know the narrative. I know, you know, the things that, that they've shared with me. And so I do, I trust them as a human being and I trust them to be able to figure it out. So um, even though it is my job to suspend judgment or uh, to just kind of meet the client where they're at, I also recognize that my clients are pretty cool humans who are pretty good at taking care of themselves. Uh, they've probably done it for the majority of their lives. So that happened. Later on, um, I was at a table uh, at you know a restaurant that I frequent, um, and our server is awesome, and we absolutely love him. Um, and so he said, you know, I, my mom is here, and I was like, cool. Well, we'd love to meet your mom. And so. Um, the mom was there and, um, he had mentioned before, like some different things. And I was like, okay, whatever. But she said something that was really curious. So we were like, oh my God, we love, you know, your child. They are amazing. And, um, we just wanted to meet you. Cause like, whatever. Um, and she said, I'm a traditional Hispanic mom. I broke him down to beat it to, <laughs> I beat him down to build him up. Uh, and she said that with pride. And I was like, oh, well, that's one way to do it. Um, and it's funny because like not a day later, I was watching a 
um, I was watching a show. I really like like 15th century historical fiction stuff. Anyway, um, and so the 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 character said the same thing. She said, "There's two ways of parenting. You can either be really soft and raise soft children, or you have to beat them up to, you know, beat them down to raise them up." She said the exact same thing, and I was like, "Wow, that is interesting," um, and. It's curious to me, like it is curious that that is a thought. And I do recognize that that is a school of thought for some from some parents, right? Uh, spoil the rod, no, spare the rod, spoil the child or the other way around. Um, there is this idea that we have to make our kids hard. Um, and so there's one, that's one way of doing it. And then the other way is I have to keep them soft. And so I have to bubble wrap them and I have to do all the things for them. And I have to make sure that the world doesn't corrupt them or whatever it is. Um, also not helpful, right? Both are equally toxic or, uh, challenging. I don't like the idea of toxic parenting because it's not our goal as parents to be toxic. It is our goal as parents to raise human beings to be the best version of themselves possible. That said, um, breaking them down to raise them up, probably not helpful. Um, bubble wrapping them and doing all the things for them, also not helpful. Uh, because, you know, both ways we're sending these products out into the world that maybe don't have the skills to be able to be the most effective. Um, so anyway, it was an interesting statement coming from this human being. Um, and then to have it reinforced. And I was like, that really is that thought that you have to either tenderize your kids, you know, by beating them down or um, keeping them soft. And, you know, think of veal. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what veal is, look it up. It's not helpful. Um but either way, are those humans ready for the world? And are they emotionally intelligent enough to be able to manage their own big feelings and make decisions that we want them to make that are going to be in their best interests, right? That is different than do the things I say, not the things I do. Um, and so often, you know, we've heard that phrase, do as I say, not as I do. Um, in that hypocritical parenting way, um, or we just don't tell them who we are. We just authentically, like, we don't even own that we were 20-year-olds who made bad choices <laughs> or teenagers or whatever. Um, it's curious to me because I think oftentimes when people come in my office, I still contend that it's not the kids that I have problems with. It's the adults. Um, and this is why I don't work with children because often if little kids are coming in and I recognize that, you know, it's not the little kid, it's not the behavior, it's not that they are struggling with their feelings, it's the adults. Um, and so I don't work with kids because I don't want to have to work with parents. Ironically, I work with parents who have little kids. So maybe it's the little kids. They're sticky and they smell weird and I don't like them. Um, and I do recognize that when I am working with parents, um, it is a byproduct of helping them to manage their own big feelings, the adults, so that they can, in a more helpful way, 
raise another generation that is not the same as their own. And most parents come into that experience, the experience of parenting, uh, wanting to do better than their parents did, right? Um, or differently, at least. Um, and so as I continue to do the work that I do, I recognize that often parents love their kids the best they can. They don't always do it 100% correctly. Um, and I am not an expert. I will say that I did not do it 100% correctly. I definitely messed it up in a lot of ways. And I do recognize that the product of my parenting um, is a very successful, uh, very well-adjusted, <laughs> albeit anxious, um, human being who is who's a good person. Um, and a lot of that did not have to do with me. A lot of that had to do with the other adults in her life who saw her, loved her, and validated her in ways that she needed. And I'm super grateful because I had a village. I had lots of people um, who supported me through that process. Um, and so I recognize that, like, that's why I don't like the idea of toxic parenting. Um, emotionally unavailable parents, that's a thing. Um, super strict or negligent parents, also a thing. Um, hyper-vigilant and helicopter parents, also a thing. But I don't think any of them are inherently toxic. What I do know is that often parents will love their kids the best they can, and they will do the things either that they were raised with, like the skills and tools that they got from their parents, or they will do the opposite of what they were raised with um, in hopes that they could somehow correct, and sometimes they overcorrect. Uh, so that's why it's important to ask questions, to uh, learn. My The mom that raised me as the oldest of six was very different than the mom that raised my younger siblings. Uh, the youngest was 16 years younger than me. And so she continued to learn and grow and adapt new ways of parenting. Um, and she did. She did a tremendous job in shifting and um, addressing things differently. And so each of my siblings has had a very different experience with my mom, same human, because of that, you know, evolution, because she continued to grow and change. Um, I recognize that, like, some of the core, core things in terms of my mom being authentic um, were the same, right? My mom was very strict. Um, I was telling somebody the other day, so we lived in a, a double cul-de-sac um, neighborhood, so there was two cul-de-sacs on either. We could not leave that cul-de-sac. Either one. I mean, we. But from one to the other, that's where we could ride our bikes. From one to the other, that's where we could play. Um, there was a park kind of down the street. Could not go there. Um, you know, my mom had a very strict Catholic background, and so uh, that was her morals and values. That's how she, you know, instilled for us like what the expectation was. But there was also a lot of fear, and a lot of that fear had to do with her upbringing. A lot of that fear had to do with how she was raised and her own feelings about herself. Um, I do see my mom as a whole human being who had a lot of experiences, and that definitely influenced how she raised us. Um, I think that she felt as though if she, if she um, you know, micromanaged every last thing we did, that we would not uh, be hurt, um, unfortunately that's not how the world works. Um, and so for me, like I definitely gave my daughter a lot more freedom, but also 
you know, some rules and expectations. Um, each parent does it differently, taking, you know, the kind of nuggets that work and discarding the things that don't. Um, so again, I don't think that there is such a thing as toxic parenting. What I do know is that there is human parenting and we don't always do it well. Um, and if we start to work on ourselves and learn where our judgment or our anger or our frustration or our resentment or our fear comes from, then we can start to address it differently when we are in the process of raising human beings um, and doing it from a place of acceptance, validation, and love for ourselves first, and then also for that human. Um, I have had the extreme pleasure of working with a lot of people who sometimes will bring in their parents, which is kind of cool because then we can talk about those things and create a level of understanding uh, that is really helpful so that communication and connection happen with consistency. One of the things that I know to be true is that adults who have struggled with their parents um, sometimes want to throw it in their face or uh, get really frustrated with them and their parent feels like it's coming out of left field or like I did the best I could, they get really defensive. Um, oftentimes all they want is accountability and an awareness that you're right, I didn't do that. I didn't do that the best, right? Um, I have taken ownership and accountability often <laughs> um, because Luna and I, my daughter and I have um, a great connection and we continue to work on our, our relationship. And as I have continued to work on me, um, yeah, I will take accountability for those choices. I will own, that was not my best move. Um, and she also continues to work on how she delivers her information. Uh, the other day we were in the car and um, we had spent two days together, which is kind of rare. We don't spend that much time together. Um, and she said, I have some feedback on uh, yesterday's situation. And I was like, all right. Um, in the past, that would not have been my go-to, uh, not to be so accepting of feedback. I'd have been like, oh, you're being critical and you think I'm terrible and whatever terrible thing my brain was saying. Uh, but that day it was fine. And I was like, sure, give me the feedback. Um, what I had said to her is that certainly, you know, as she's an adult, um, I'm not as attached to being critical of her mom. I am just living in my Stella space. Uh, and I've talked to you guys in the past about just being my big self. And so I have a lot of compassion and empathy for her mom, um, who was young, who didn't know, uh, who was working on herself. And so it was really nice to be able to not be attached to that, to be able to be detached from the feedback of her perspective. Anyway, that is your nugget. I'm going to have one more show next week, and then I'm going to take a couple weeks off. Um, if you have any questions, the Nurtured Heart approach is an amazing parenting approach and really helpful to help your kid regulate their own emotions while you're also managing your own. Um, I do want you to recognize that you're doing the best you can, and you can always do better if you continue to work on yourself. I do not want to be critical of anybody's parenting style um, because it's how you're doing it. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the way that you're going to do it forever. 
Um, and I also recognize that my clients and the people that I come in contact with um, genuinely do love their parents for all the things that they did well. Um, but seeing your parent as a human being, that titled role versus just the human that they are, really does help to create some separation and some detachment so that you're not super attached to either what you didn't get or the way that it was. Um, so I'm going to take two weeks off, one more show next week. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me, alex2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can reach me here at Instagram at luna underscore x2 underscore LLC. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, that is your nugget, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right, we have ended the video and we are going to end the podcast. Um, hopefully that's helpful to give you a little perspective, um, not necessarily or exclusively on parenting, but just to recognize that um, the way we were raised is only one part of the information. It's not the whole story and it's not all of the way, the reason that we are the way we are. Anyway, hopefully that makes sense and I will talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.